the church experience online. We're so happy that you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you'd like to access helpful growth step resources, join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our church experience worship original songs. We hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. So, uh, so this is my family, my, my crazy family. You may think, well, they, oh, it's one of those cute, crazy pictures. No, this is, this is really the way they are. Um, I have one wife, I have two daughters, I have two son-in-laws, and I have three grandkids. And I'm very, very proud of them. I love them. I love them so much. And I, I want to tell you a little story, uh, something that happened several years ago. When, when our girls were, were still young, they hadn't even reached their teenage years yet, we, we kind of began to do the math about what it would cost to move them from our house into someone else's house and for them to move on with life because we weren't just raising kids, we were raising adults. And so we started adding up what, what, it, what it was going to cost us um, to, to help them, to cover all their expenses. And, and we knew that we'd have to buy a car. Uh, we, we knew that we were going to have to send them to college. And we knew that we needed to have some cash for the dress, right? And, and so as we began to look at those, those costs, we also looked at our bank account and we saw that it, the money just wasn't there. And, and so we decided that we would kind of start a, a little bit of a side hustle, if you will. Uh, my dad was a, a carpenter, a contractor, not only a pastor, but he did a lot of handyman stuff. And so I grew up uh, literally swinging a hammer ever since I was a little kid. And so what we thought we would do is we would, we would buy some properties and do some investing in some real estate and buy some fixer-uppers, right? And, and we would fix them up, we would rent them, we would sell them, whatever the case may be. And I remember, I remember we, we found a house and we put a contract in on the house. And, you know, there's a process between the time you sign the contract and you actually get the keys. And one of the things that's involved in that process is having a home inspector come out and check it out for you. Knowing what I knew, I was able to kind of see some of the things. Oh, yeah, that's broke. That's broke. That needs fixed. So that looks good. This is a good, you know, so I, we, we kind of made a decision. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. So we had the inspect, inspector come out. And he finished his inspection, and he called me, and he said, Hey, Phil, I'm done. I'm going to send you a report of all the things that I found. I said, Great. Thanks a lot. So I thought, I thought, well, I'm just going to run over there and just take another look around myself and just see if there's anything that I missed. And I'll, I'll never forget, I drove into the driveway. I got out of the car, put the key in the lock, opened the door, opened the door, <laughs> and, and I'll, never forget, I'll never forget what I saw. I saw blue everywhere. In fact, I saw, I saw little pieces of blue all over the house. I mean, there was a, there was a piece of, of, of blue on a loose tile. There was a piece of blue on a leaky faucet. There was a, a piece of blue on a, on a bad light switch. There was blue everywhere. And I thought to myself, okay, I think this is, I think this is a sign. What, what, what is this saying? And, and what it was saying was, wherever there's blue, that's bad. That's, that's broken. <laughs> you should beware. 
And, and as I stood there, I thought to myself, well, this is a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of blue in this house. And then I began to add up, well, is it, to fix all this blue, it's going to cost me, <laughs> it's going to cost me a lot of green. Well, I've thought about that over the years, not just as it relates to a house, but, but even as it relates to me and, and how sometimes we make a decision about what we're going to do based on what we see that's broke. And so I thought maybe it would be, be helpful for us today to talk about, talk about brokenness. And, and one of the ways that I want to I start off doing that is, is to simply show you some of my brokenness, okay? Some of my blue, if you will. So I told you a while back that I have, this, I have this problem with my sciatic nerve, and that's because I have this disc in my back that's herniated. And, and so that's, that's, that's a big problem. And it shows up every once in a while. It's painful, and it, it hurts even today uh, while I'm working on this message. I also have a little problem with my ribs because when I was younger, two summers in a row, I cracked my ribs water skiing and wakeboarding. And so even today, there are times when I'm working out in the yard and something will pop and it will cause some pain for a while. Uh, some of you know that I'm, I'm blind in, in, in my left eye. Uh, you may not know this, but I actually, I actually have lost about 30% of my hearing in both of my ears. And Partly because when I was younger, I wanted to be a rock star and I listened to music way too loud. I ended up being a worship pastor, and so with in-ear monitors and all this stuff destroyed it. Plus, being around power tools as a, as a guy that grew up in a home with a, a contractor, a carpenter. So that caused some problems, too. And then, and then one of the other things that I have that's kind of the blue in my life is I have, I have these really, really bad migraine headaches that, that, that just are terrible. And they're not the kind of headaches that, that, that some people have where they'll, they'll be talking to you and say, you know, I've got a headache today. I'm like, that, that's not a headache. A headache is when you're curled up in a ball in a dark room, wanting to throw up, wanting the world to, and literally just wanting to die. Now that, that is, that is a headache. So this is, <laughs> this is some of the blue. This is some of the brokenness. I mean, physically, physically, I've, I've got, I've got a lot of blue. I've got a lot of brokenness. So what about you? What, what, what's, the blue, what's the blue on you? And it may not necessarily be something physical. It may be something relationally. It may be something spiritually. It may be something financially. But I want us to talk about some of the blue today, some of the, some of the brokenness, and, and how God sees us, and what God wants to do with our blue. So one of the things that I think we need to understand, first of all, is, is, that, is that brokenness is not... Is not a new subject. It's not a new problem. In fact, when you go back to the very first book of the Bible, which is Job, and I, now you, I know you're thinking it was supposed to be Genesis, right? That's the first. No, Job was actually the first book of the Bible, written about 2000 BC. And its subject matter, guess what its subject matter was? Brokenness. The first words out of God's mouth, literally, the first things that he begins to record and, and to talk about, it, pain, suffering, Brokenness, And you have to wonder if he was getting us prepared for an understanding that we would face some things in our lives. Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. So from the very beginning, there's this, there's this conversation about brokenness. And what I want to do is I want to talk about, about where that comes from. Where, where does the brokenness come from? Well, some of this brokenness on me came, <laughs> it came from me. It, just from mistakes that I made. This, this sciatic nerve problem was, was a mistake that I made when I was young. It wasn't sin. I was lifting a car to do something that I thought was 
a pretty cool idea, but it's, it, it, it's, called, it's caused this brokenness. So some of that's come from me. Some of, the, some of the brokenness that we have in our lives, relationally, physically, financially, spiritually, emotionally, some of that's come from them. And what I mean by that is, uh, I think I've told some of you before that I, a couple months ago, I was actually hit by a car. Okay, It wasn't my fault. I was in the right lane doing the right thing, and somebody else did the wrong thing, and because of them, I got broken. Okay, So sometimes the brokenness in our lives comes from comes from somebody else. And it may not necessarily be a sin. Again, it can be their mistake. But then, but then there's the issue of sin. And sin does bring some brokenness to us. It breaks our relationship with God. And I'm not just talking about the sin that, that I do or the sin that others do, but I'm talking about the sin, right? The sin that started from this brokenness that started from a bite, <laughs> a bite of a, a, a fruit thousands of years ago by Adam and Eve and, and how sin entered into our world, entered into our hearts and into our lives. The Bible says this, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, through Adam, and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people. It came to all people. And so it's because of what Adam did that there is some sin, there's some brokenness that we, that we, all, that we all are affected by. So what I want to do today is I want to take a look at a, a passage of scripture, a, a story, if you will, so I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 15. And uh, I just want you to know that this is an interesting story because this is a story that's called a parable. And a parable is, is, is really an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. This is, this is an illustration that Jesus has given to, to help us to understand a little bit more about about God's love. And in this story, we're going we're gonna to hear about two specific characters. One character is the father. And the other character is the son. Now, the father in this parable is God. The son in this parable is us. And so keep that in mind as we read through this very familiar story to some of you, maybe new to some of you, but a great story, great story illustrating about how God views our brokenness. So let's take a look at it. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 24. Jesus continued, and there was a man who had two sons, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and he hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed his pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and I'll go back to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's now found. 
And so they began, they began to celebrate. What a great story. And again, just a reminder, the Father represents God, the Son represents us. And so as we look at this together, I want to I just kind of label this, this particular part of the message that I want to give to you as the good news about the bad news, okay? The good news about the blue in our life, the brokenness in our lives, okay? This is a great picture of, of how God responds to it. Number one, brokenness leads to openness. Brokenness leads to openness. And, and here's what I mean by that. Check out this. He was broke. Right? The son was broke. He asked his father for his inheritance. He got the money. He left. He partied. He, he, he lost it all. He gave it all away. And he was broke. And he was broke, he was broke financially. He, he was broke socially. He had no friends left. He was broke relationally. He was separated from his dad and from his brother and from his family. And he was broke physically and obviously broke, broke spiritually too. But here's, here's what's really interesting about, and, and again, some good news about the bad news. Brokenness leads to openness. And check this out. When he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, his brokenness led him to an openness where he, he began to think about, what, what am I doing? What, why am I living this way? What, what can I do to get out of this? It, it, it's this process of saying, I don't want this anymore, and I want this, and what do I need to do in order for that, in order for that to happen? In other words, here's what I believe. I believe breakthroughs... And I put the word can. Originally, I put breakthroughs come from your brokenness, but that's not always true, right? There's sometimes our brokenness just remains brokenness, and we don't become open to anything that God wants to do, any way that God wants to use it. But it can, it can lead to openness. You can have some real breakthroughs even in your brokenness. When I, when I work with people, I tell them, look, you have an option in your life. You're, you're going to face some things, in life, and you can change the way you're living. And you can change that by strategy. You can just say, look, hey, I don't want to live this direction anymore. I'm going to change my strategy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Or, like most of us, you can wait for tragedy because it will happen. If you're doing the wrong things, living the wrong way, there's going to be some tragedy in your life. There's going to be some brokenness in your life. I don't think that's the best way, but it is the way that God uses a lot of times. He uses the brokenness in our lives. He uses the tragedy in our lives to get us to stop and to think and to change. Good news about the bad news. Second thing, good news about the bad news, is that brokenness doesn't devalue us. Brokenness does not devalue us. Look at this. So he got up, the son, right, completely broke. He got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, and I love this picture. I want to just make sure we pause here just for a second. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. So what this picture tells us is that God, not only in this story, this father and son, but God is always looking for us to return to him. Okay? I think because of COVID-19 and just the climate in which we find our society, a lot of Christians are talking about, I wonder when God is going to return. I wonder when Jesus is going to come back, right? Because we believe in the second coming. We believe that Jesus is going to return to take us to heaven and, 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 and fix all the stuff that's all messed up. Okay? And a lot of times we think about, when is, Jesus going to re- when is God going to return? Have you ever thought about the fact that maybe God is wondering the same thing about us sometimes in our brokenness? He's probably wondering, when, when are we going to return? When are we going to return? And the Bible says that this father, this father every day was, was taking a look down the road, hoping, wanting his son to return. And he saw him coming and filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. And then check this out. The son said to him, Father, 
I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. No longer worthy. But the father said to his servants, didn't even hear what he said, right? He says to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. In other words, he didn't see his son as a servant. His son saw himself as a servant. But the father didn't see that. There was no devaluing. The brokenness had not devalued him. Now, I, I told you a little bit about my family. This is my grandson. And a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, he couldn't do that. He couldn't ride his bike. We've been working with him. His mom and dad have been working with him, and I've been working with him, and, and his nan has been working with him. And, and, and one of the days that he came over to our house, we were having him, him, him ride his bike in the grass so that when he fell, it wasn't, it wasn't quite as... It, it wasn't quite as hard on him, and, and, and he was still struggling. And so I, I got this idea. So I went in the house, and I, I found a couple $1 bills. And I came back out, and I said, look, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go stand down there, and, and you take your bike down there, and, and every time you ride to me, and you get to me, and you touch me, you get this dollar. Every time. And I had a whole pocket full of them. So I, I would stand down there. And, and while we were talking, he, he just real quick reached up and grabbed it, just kind of playing along, and he tore it in half. <laughs> and I'll never forget his face. His eyes got real big. He wasn't sure whether I was going to get mad. But the biggest thing was he was really concerned because he thought that he had destroyed the value of that dollar. And I said, look, it's no big deal. We'll, we'll just tape that thing back together. No problem. I know you're just playing. It's okay. It's still a dollar. It's still worth a dollar. And all I have to do is tape it back together. And he struggled with that because he saw something that was broken and he thought for sure because it was broken, it had lost its value. And I just want to tell you something. The beauty of this story, Luke chapter 15, reminds us that in all of our brokenness, whatever your brokenness, whatever the blue is on you, it may not be physical. It may be financial. It may be relational. It may be spiritual. Whatever the brokenness is on you, in God's eyes, it doesn't devalue you. It doesn't take away. It doesn't change you from being a son or a daughter to being a servant. And then finally, brokenness doesn't disqualify us. Let's read on about what we find in the story. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate. For this son of mine, again, not even using the word servant, not even talking about this brokenness, not even talking about where he's been, what he's done. This son of mine was dead, and he's alive again. He was lost, and he's now found, so they began to celebrate. And what he was saying was, not only is he not devalued, not only has he not moved from son to servant, but he's back in the game. He's not disqualified from anything that God wants to do in the future. And here's, here's something that's interesting, I think. This passage in Hebrews chapter 11 is called the Hall of Faith, okay? And, and it, has, it has an entire chapter dedicated to the heroes of the faith. Uh, David, Moses, Abraham, Samson, on and on and on and on of, of, of these heroes of the faith. And, and I would just say that as you read through Hebrews 11, it can be a little discouraging because it seems like their lives were, were perfect. In fact, it would be what I would call the social media <laughs> side of the hero's lives. If they were to post something, this is what they would post, right? They conquered. They were victorious. They were heroes. Everything seemed right. But I just want you to know something. That's not the whole story. In fact, if you go back and you read the stories of these heroes, you'll find that they were broken people. 
and yet it did not disqualify them from what God wanted to do through them. Check this out. Moses, Moses killed a guy. He killed an Egyptian. He disobeyed God later by losing his temper and smashing the Ten Commandments against the rock. David, he committed adultery with a married woman and had her husband killed to try to hide his sin. Abraham, he lied, he committed fraud, he pimped out his wife to a king, and he disobeyed God numerous times. Noah, he got stinking drunk and was found naked by his family after he and his family were saved in the most miraculous way. Maybe you remember the ark and the rainbow, right? After that, wow. Rahab, who was key in helping the people of Israel get to the promised land, she was a prostitute. Samson broke his vows to God, and he was a womanizer and liked and loved to drink and party. The good news about the bad news is that brokenness does not disqualify us. No matter who you are, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the, broken, what the blue is on you, I've got some good news for you. God still wants to use you. He still wants to do something in your life. So what does he, what does he want to do with the blue? And what, God, what can God do with the blue? Number one, I, I think that God wants to heal it. I think there's some blue in our lives that, that God will heal. I think he'll reach down. I think he'll touch us. I think he'll fix us. The reason I say that is because Jesus, if you will, gave his mission statement early on. As he began to teach and began to preach, he read from the book of Isaiah. And here's what he said. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor broken financially. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, broken, and recovery of sight for the blind, broken physically, to set the oppressed okay, free, and to proclaim the year of our Lord's favor. Sometimes God takes our brokenness and, and He will heal it. He will heal it. second thing that God does in our brokenness is, is He helps us. He helps us. And, and here's what's interesting about that. Second Corinthians says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles. Now, the word trouble is an interesting word. It's, it's slipless, okay? Hard word to say. And it, what, what, what that means is it means affliction, it means distress, it means burdens, it means anguish. Guess what it means? It means brokenness. In other words, God will comfort us in all of our brokenness. Very powerful statement. Now, now here's what's interesting about that. This word comfort is paraclesis. And what that means is it doesn't just mean that God is saying, hey, good luck over there. I hope things change for you. I just want you to be encouraged. I know your life is a mess. That, no, that's not the kind of comfort that that is. Paraclesis means alongside of. And so God walks along side of us. Another one in the fire is God. He's not waiting for us at the beginning or the end of the fire. He is in the fire with us, bringing comfort to us. And a lot of times, He, he helps us. In fact, the Bible says all the time, no matter what brokenness it is, he will, he will help us. The third thing is, God uses our brokenness. God uses our brokenness. If we finish out that passage of Scripture, it says, Praise be to the God, of Fa- God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, okay, brokenness, so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. So in other words, not only does God sometimes heal the brokenness, 
he, he, always, he always helps us, but he also wants to use the brokenness in our lives for other people, okay? In other words, your pain is someone else's gain. God is going to use some of the brokenness in your life, some of the things that you've been through, to help somebody else as they go through some brokenness. Brokenness. God heals it sometimes, not all the time. I, I, don't, I don't know how he chooses. I don't know why he chooses to heal certain things and not. But all I do know is that he does it sometimes. But he always helps us. He's always our comforter. He's always walking alongside of us. And as much as we will allow him, he will use our brokenness. He will use our brokenness to help other people. I love what Brandon said last week. He said, he turns our mess into a message. What a powerful statement. God recycles the brokenness of our lives to help other people with the brokenness of their lives. And the reason for that is he wants to be someone who gives wisdom to people. We talk a lot about God's wisdom, and if you don't have wisdom, ask God who gives it to us. But check this out. Smart people learn from their mistakes. That's good, right? When you make a mistake, when there's brokenness, when you've sinned, when you've done something wrong, and you, you admit it, you learn from it, you, that's great. But the wise person, the wise person is, is able to learn from others' mistakes, others' brokenness, others' sins, and avoid the pain, because there's always pain. Let's be honest. Brokenness brings pain into our lives, into our relationships. You've heard this before, I'm sure. Hurting people hurt people. And what that means is when you're going through struggle, when you're hurting, you, you, you sometimes don't respond appropriately. Sometimes you say things that you shouldn't say to other people. Hurting people hurt people. In God's economy, guess what? Hurting people help people. We take the brokenness of our lives and what we've learned from it, what we've experienced from it, and we pass it on to other people to help them as they move through as they move through their brokenness. So here's the application. Here's the application for this blue, the application for this, this brokenness. Number one, where's the blue on you? Where's the blue on you? Is it, is it brokenness because of what, you, what you're doing? Is it brokenness because of what someone else is doing? Is it brokenness because there's some ongoing sin in your life? Where's the blue on you? Is it physical? Is it emotional? Is it relational? Is it spiritual? I just want you to take a second and think about where, where is the blue on you? Second thing, what am I doing about the blue? What am I doing about the blue? One of the reasons that I'm sharing this message is because I work with a guy. I, I help coach him, a very successful businessman. And we were talking the other day, and, and he said, Phil, he said, I'm, I'm going through some struggles. And he said, I'm just not okay. That was his phrase. I'm just not okay. And I said, well, who, who else besides me have you, have you told that to? And he said, nobody. And I said, whoa, 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 what, what do you mean nobody? Well, why haven't you told somebody that you're sure? Why haven't you, why haven't you shared with a friend? Why, why haven't you called your pat? What, why haven't you told somebody that you're not okay? And he said something that, that I think is probably true for all of us. He said, people don't know what to do when you tell them, I'm not okay. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm going through a tough time. A lot of times they'll say, well, I'm sorry about that. I hope things get better. I wish it was different, which, to tell you the truth, doesn't help us at all. The Bible's very clear about what we should do when we're going through a tough time, and here's what it says. Confess your sins, your brokenness, okay? Confess your sins, your brokenness to one another and pray for each other so that you'll be healed. When, when I tell people, hey, I'm going through a hard time, and they say, 
you know, the other day I was just thinking about you, and I hope you're doing good. And I think to myself, that doesn't help me. I, I, I appreciate the fact that you think about me, and I even appreciate the fact that you're kind of hoping that things get better. But you know what I need the most? <laughs> I don't need you just to think about me. I don't need you to hope that my situation gets better. I need you to get on your knees and say, God, help that guy. Help him in his brokenness. So whatever else you're doing about the blue in your life, and there's lots of things, connecting with a coach or with a counselor or talking with a pastor, talking with a, a, a group of people that love you and explaining what's going on and getting them to pray for you and to encourage you and to help you and to give you some wisdom from their brokenness, whatever else you're doing, make sure that you are sharing things with people so they can pray for you. And then finally, who, who am I helping with my brokenness. Who am I helping with my brokenness? And, it, and here's the truth. A great question to ask yourself is, am I someone someone can trust with their brokenness? When someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm struggling financially, physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, whatever it may be, are you someone that can take that and, and, and properly act on it? Keep, it? keep it to yourself. Keep it in confidence. But pray for them, talk to them, encourage them, check in on them. Are, are you that person? Here, here's, here's the truth. When we help people, we usually will get hurt by their hurt. Broken people are like broken glass. When you pick it up, there's, there's a good chance that you're going to get cut. There is. But I would just say, do it anyway. Because someone's going to need to pick you up sometime. And you don't want them to avoid you and avoid your brokenness because of their fear of what might happen. We need each other. I, I just want to encourage you as we, as we move along, we're really looking forward to life groups starting back up again. And this is a perfect opportunity for you to connect with some people that will be on your side, be in your corner. And as you go through life and you go through brokenness, which you will, they'll be there beside you. They'll be there to help you. So keep in mind and keep thinking about how you want to get involved, not only in church experience, but in a in a small group at Church Experience where you can be known and you can share your brokenness to help somebody else in their brokenness. And, and, and finally, just in case you wondered, that, that house, that blue house that was covered in pieces of blue tape, that, that it took a lot of green to fix that blue, we kept that house. We did fix it up. We took care of all the brokenness. We rented it out for a couple years. And a couple years later, we decided that we would sell it, and we sold that house for three times what we paid for that house. It was well worth working through the brokenness to get to a blessing. And I just want to encourage you today, whatever your brokenness is in your life, know that God can use that. There's some good news about the bad news of our lives. God loves us. God cares for us. He can bring us to a place of openness where we become aware that we're not right on track so that we can get on track. It doesn't, it doesn't devalue you. Your brokenness doesn't change your position from son to servant. Never does and never will. And then finally, it doesn't disqualify you from doing what God has called you to do. It doesn't make an excuse for it. It doesn't make it okay. It just means that God is able to do some great things. And I personally believe that when God doesn't heal us from our brokenness and he helps us through our brokenness, and uses our brokenness, I think those last two are bigger miracles than if he would just wipe away all of the pain because he's able to show how powerful he is, how good he is, how awesome he is. 
Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to study your word and to hear what you have to say about brokenness. And I pray right now that you would be with each and every person that's listening today. First of all, I pray that they would acknowledge the fact that they are broken and that they need some help. But I also pray, Lord, that you would help them to understand that that doesn't, that doesn't devalue them, it doesn't disqualify them, that you love them, that you care for them. And I pray that you would show how great and how awesome you are by doing some great things through some of the worst things in their lives. We love you. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us today at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support the movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song. We hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today.